Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully, and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. Welcome. So today we'll be discussing I'm just a mum, is that enough? And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Gemma Elizabeth. I'm the founder of OurMuslimHomeschool.com and I'm the mum and homeschooling mum to three little kids here in the UK. And this is a weekly broadcast that I do here on Instagram and Facebook where I hope to inspire mums to live um, with purpose and intention and to raise their children mindfully and empower mothers everywhere to own their lives and to thrive doing it. And this broadcast, just like all previous episodes, will be uploaded onto YouTube later on and onto my blog, ourmuslimhomeschool.com, inshallah, after we finish here live. So if you want to go back and review it, um, and review what we've talked about here, you can do that. And feel free to share this video later on with your friends, um, with your WhatsApp groups, uh, on your Facebook pages, whatever you'd like to do. And while we're going along, please feel free to comment. Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're joining me on Instagram. Um, feel free to comment as we go along. Feel free to, you know, give us a little heart and a thumbs up if you like what we're saying here. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to type them in, in the comments. And I will make time at the end to go through the questions. Um, so let me know your thoughts as we're going along. Type them in and, and all of that good stuff. And for the rest of this season of episodes, for the next four or five weeks, I'm going to be focusing on questions that you, my followers, have sent in, the questions that you want answered, the things that are on your mind and on your heart. So that is my plan for the next four or five weeks, for the rest of this season. Um, so today's topic, I'm just a mum, is that enough? I'm just going to have a little sip. Right, I'm just a mum, is that enough? Of course it's enough. I mean, yes, it's enough. The issue here is not, I'm just a mum, is that enough? It's not the answer to that question. That is not really the issue. The issue is, why don't you believe it? The issue that we're going to dive into today is, why don't you feel that what you're doing is enough? Why do you feel that you are not worthy, that you are not um, doing everything you can do, why do you feel bad about the place you're in right now? So I'm going to go through some really tangible, practical pieces of advice here. I'm, I'm going to give you practical steps that you can take to get out of this low place that you might find yourself in. You might be in it just occasionally, or you might find yourself trapped in this negativity. And I want to give you some really positive, practical ways that you can move forward and Move on into your life in a confident way. Move on into your life more confident than you ever felt before and more sure and have more self-worth than you've ever felt before, inshallah. So for those of you who don't know my backstory, because uh, I think that's important, I went to uni twice, actually. I went to uni twice, got two degrees, and I qualified as a veterinary surgeon. And I worked as a vet locally. And then after that, I had my first son. And I decided to stay at home. I decided to just be a mum. And so what we're talking about here is really personal to me. This is something that, you know, I've gone through. I continue to go through. These are not just um, something I've read in a book 
or you know some theoretical thing I'm talking about. This is something that I've experienced, and that and these steps are things that I have done in my life to make a difference. Um, so this is this is from my heart. This is not from a book. This is from my heart. So have you ever been in a situation? Let's let me throw this over to you now. And if you've been in something similar or this situation, let me know. Give me a little heart, okay? Have you ever been in this situation where you might have been in a room and there were a few families there, a few women, and you don't really know each other, so you're going around introducing yourself, and they say, oh yeah, hi, I'm Rabia, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm Sarah, I work in finance, I'm um, somebody else and I'm a nurse, I'm this person and I do business, and then it comes to you, it comes to your turn. What do you say? Do you say, head held high, shoulders back with confidence, I'm a stay-at-home mum. Or do you shrink into the background? Do you feel that hot, heavy feeling of inadequacy and embarrassment as you shrink away from these women and you feel like, I'm not as good as them? Do you, has anyone been through something so similar? The first thing that you need to know, the first thing that you have to know is that I have been there. I have experienced those feelings of inadequacy. I have felt belittled, upset, anxious, or just plain confused with where my life was going. I have been there. And the next thing that you really need to know is that a lot of women go through this. A lot of mothers struggle with these emotions, doubting their own value, doubting their own worth. You are not alone. And, you know, there are, we could go into the blame thing here. We could, welcome Salam, and um, we could go into the blame thing here. We could blame our upbringing. We could blame our parents. We could say, oh, well, our parents valued, you know, the jobs and the careers we have. We could, they always valued the achievement that we, we, we did. We, they, we could blame the media. We could say, well, it's the media's fault, the way they portray mothers compared to the way they portray working women. We could blame our friends. We could blame our community. We could blame our husbands. You know, we could say our husbands don't respect us because we're just housewives and he treats me like this and that. We could blame a lot of people. But blame does nothing. Blame changes nothing. All blame does is drive those negative emotions that you feel further down into your heart. It firms them in there. It validates them. By giving those negative emotions any place in your mind, that blame, you're actually acknowledging that what your experience is true. So you need to get rid of the blame. Stop blaming everyone else. And I'm not saying this from like a preachy place. I'm not saying this to point, you know, any judgment at anyone. I'm saying this because I experienced this myself. And this is something that I realized and worked through. The truth is, when you're in that situation, you know, where people were going around talking about what their careers are or what they do for a living and you felt small, the truth is, the reason you felt upset in that situation is because you don't value what you're doing. You don't value your role as a mother, yourself. That situation with those other women who were working outside of the home, it triggered something inside of you. It triggered some insecurities that you have. So if really you want to blame somebody, you have to blame yourself for the way you feel. Forget blaming other people around you. It starts with you. Um, 
And like I said, this is not judgmental. This is something that I realized myself and a mistake I was making. And I had to talk hard to myself and get myself out of that place. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about really tangible five steps that you can do to start believing in yourself again as a mother. Um, we're going to talk, you know, for any of you here who are watching, who are in a really down, negative place right now, a really dark place where you don't know where your life is going and you just feel heavy and sad and frustrated and, you know, I, I know how that feels. And I want to give you these steps to help you get out of that place, to give you a stronger sense of self and confidence so you can be proud of who you are again. Um, so, five steps to increasing your feelings of self-worth. I'm going to put this into a home setting because most of you here are mothers. Um, so we're going to put this into a setting that I'm sure a lot of you have experienced. A lot of you have experienced multiple times, I know I have, or something similar. Okay, so you're at home and the kids are starting to get bored. You're in the other room, you can hear them bickering and fighting. You can hear the noise increasing, right? And then you start to feel stressed. You start to feel anxious. Like, oh, what's going on? You know, oh, how can I fix this? I don't know what I'm doing. This is so hard. What can I do? And then you say, okay. Let's get a craft kit out. Let's do something to distract them. So you pull down some craft kit that you've got from the shops and you call them all over and you paint a smile on your face and you're like, come on guys, let's do this craft activity. And you put it on the table and you've got about 30 seconds of peace, right? Just 30 seconds before it all kicks off again. And some, some kid wants the other kid's thing and someone starts fighting with another one. Somebody spills the glitter. Oh, somebody spills the glue. Someone trips over and hurts themselves and starts crying. And when it was, it was stressful before, now it's even more stressful and your emotions are skyrocketing. You're feeling anxious and stressful and overwhelmed and you start telling yourself, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. This is too much. I'm not good at this, I just can't do this. And those emotions overwhelm you and you scream at one of them. You shout at one of your kids and storm off. Or you shout so much they storm off. We've all been in places like that, unfortunately. We've all been in that place where we allowed our emotions to escalate so much that we started telling ourselves, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I'm hurting my kids, this is all my fault. And then you calm down, you go into the other room, you calm down, and if you're lucky, you look around the corner and your kids have completely forgotten about the whole thing and are fine, or they might be really upset at the way you reacted. So the reason that I'm bringing this scenario in is because this will demonstrate two really important principles that you can do, two skills you can learn to increase your feelings of self-worth in this very familiar, very negative experience that we go through. The first thing that you can do is something called mindfulness. Now, I'm not an expert in mindfulness, but my understanding of it is, is that it is where you learn to recognize your thoughts and emotions and you learn to release them and to let them go. And this is especially um, poignant now because we're talking about negative self-talk and negative emotions. So what mindfulness does is it helps you to recognize those emotions when they come in and release them. 
There's a quote, and I, I don't know who this quote is by, but I love it. The quote is, don't believe everything you think. Thoughts are just that, thoughts. And so what mindfulness can do is it can help you to recognize what are just thoughts, what are just emotions, and differentiate that from fact before your feelings overwhelm you. Um, and one, one way that I have learned mindfulness and that I practice it in my own life is through an app, can you believe? Because mindfulness sounds very new agey and kind of hippie-ish. And that's really not me. I'm quite a practical person. So I have been using this app called Headspace. Now, some of you might already know that. There are a few other apps. There's uh, one called Calm and there's one called Breathe. And there's a whole ton of different apps if you like to use apps. And I have found it to be incredibly helpful to me. So what Headspace does, and it teaches you mindfulness through breathing, through breathing exercises and meditation. Now meditation is not what you imagine, or what I used to imagine meditation as being, as you know, sitting cross-legged on a mat and chanting and bells and incense and all of that thing. I mean, maybe that is for some people, but what it is for, in this situation with Headspace, is it's just noticing your breath, focusing on how you're breathing, and then as you do that, you focus on when thoughts come into your mind, and then it teaches you how to release them. And so um, it's been incredibly helpful to me. And what I, how I use that is at the end of our homeschool day. That is usually you know, around lunchtime, and I'm starting to feel more tense than usual, and I've got 101 thoughts rushing through my mind. I use that mindfulness app, Headspace, to give me some relief. And they have courses on there that you can work your way through that actually teach you in a very practical step-by-step -step way, which is wonderful. And so the, they start off with just lessons that are only three minutes. Three minutes! Surely that you can, you can um, commit yourself to three minutes every day. And then they progress. So now I want to lessons that take 10 or 15 minutes. But for me, it's such a release in the middle of the day to have those 10 minutes to focus on learning a new skill that will benefit myself and my children. Um, and, and it gives me that time out and that time to, to heal and recover. So mindfulness helps you to recognize negative emotions and negative self-talk. Um, when you start to tell yourself, this is too stressful, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not good at this, I'm not meant for this, I should just send my kids to school, all of those things, it helps you to recognize those thoughts and let them go. Because, you know, don't believe everything you think. Thoughts are just thoughts. And so the second thing that you do, so you've released these negative self-thoughts, these negative emotions. What do you do then? What do you put in its place? You put in its place positive self-thoughts, positive self-talk, positive affirmations. So before I explain that, let's go into, back to that story. That story I talked about at the beginning where you're sitting down with your kids and you're doing the arts and crafts activities. So let's go back to that. From the beginning, you hear the noise in the other room. It's getting louder and louder. They're starting to bicker and fight. Maybe something breaks in the other room and you start to feel stressed and tense and you start to feel um, anxious, right? When you feel those emotions, because you've learned mindfulness, you let it go. You recognize it for what it is. It's just an emotion and you let it go. And instead of feeling, I can't do this, what should I do, and panicking, you tell yourself, I am blessed. And that changes everything. I am blessed. 
Say it now. It just suddenly does something to your heart. And then you call the kids over to do your craft activity that you get out. And you all sit around the table. And like I said before, the fighting starts again. The glitter falls all over the floor. The glue spills. The kids are bickering again. And you tell yourself, oh, you start to feel stressed. That emotion of stress comes up again. And you feel, um, you know, your heart's beating. You feel a tightness. You feel heavy or hot. And you start telling yourself, this isn't working. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. Instead of all of that, you recognize the tension, you recognize the stress, and you let it go. And you put in the positive self-talk, I am surrounded by people I love. And it changes everything. If you say that, you're not going to turn around and start shouting at your kids. These are things that you can do practically. But in a situation where it's really tense like that, you know, where you're at home and the kids are all fighting, it's difficult to get that clarity of thought. So what I would really recommend you do is that you practice these um, positive affirmations outside of the stressful situations. But you get the idea. So, you know, the same things are still happening. The same things are still happening in your life. You've still got the bickering kids. You've still got the glitter on the floor and the glue all over the table. You've still got the same um, circumstances and the same environment, but you, but the feeling has changed. Okay, you can't change your children. You can't, well, you know, you can't change their, the way they behave up to a point, you know. You can't change the way they interact. You can't change the way other people speak to you. But what you can change is the way you feel. And so you change the way you react. And, you know, we can't help our emotions, you know. Some of us are quick to anger. Some of us are quick, you know, to, again, tearful and upset. Our emotions are instinctual. You know, you can't necessarily change that. You can't help that. But the feelings that follow those emotions, you can control. And the, feel, the, um, the, the feelings that the emotions evoked can be changed. And suddenly, even though your life is all the same as it used to be, the feeling of your life is exactly what you've always wanted it to be. You've always wanted to feel loved. You've always wanted to feel surrounded by people who love you, you've always wanted a happy and, um, and, and joyful home, whatever it is you've always wanted, those feelings, they're still there, even though the circumstances around you have not changed. Um, often we fall into, um, often we fall into habits of negative self-talk, of you know, where it actually becomes a habit rather than something we've actually recognized that we're doing. And I've been learning a lot recently about the way the brain works. And it's fascinating about the way that habits form. Um, and one way of you, of you thinking about this is if you're somebody who always finds himself putting themselves down, one way you can uh, think of this is, say it's snowing outside, really thick snow. And... The usual way that you get to your car is well-trodden. Think of that as the pathway in your brain, okay? This is the pathway in your brain. So something happens and you always follow that negative self-talk, that talk that says, I'm not good at this, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and those, those, those negative emotions that you always tell yourself, that blame you always put on yourself, that is that well-worn, well-trodden path that your brain finds so easy to follow. 
If you want to change out of that negative place, if you want to change out of that habit of always being negative with yourself, it's hard work. It's hard to walk through that thick snow the first time. It's hard to be positive and it's hard to rewire your brain out of that habit. But the more you push yourself towards that positive place, towards walking that positive path, you step into your old footprints again, don't you? You step into those old footprints in the snow. And until before you know it, that path has become well-trodden. Until it becomes easy to walk on that path. And that other negative path has filled higher and higher with snow. And so now if you wanted to go down that negative path, you can't. Or it's so hard. The easy way is the positive self-talk. And that, that is what you will start to do. As you start to build in mindfulness and positive affirmations in your life, you're shifting. You're shifting the way your brain moves, the way your brain thinks. And it's not easy at first. It's not. It's like that thick, heavy snow you need to trudge through. But before you know it, you'll have formed new pathways to that place you want to be. Um, so if you're not sure about positive affirmations and what that all means, um, some people like in the morning, you know, to, when, like I spoke about before, we want to try and practice these positive uh, self-affirmations outside of the stressful situation. So some people in the morning, before they start their day, will look in the mirror and they'll say something, whatever it is that they need to work on. So they might look in the mirror and say to them, I am strong, I am loved, I am worthy. And that's, that's what they do. That's how they remind themselves and practice. Other people might um, listen to something. So if you go on YouTube, there are a gazillion positive affirmation playlists out there and have a look on them. It is worth me pointing out for those of you who are Muslim that some of those positive affirmation um, videos are not necessarily aligned with our faith, particularly, you know, with the Akida aspect, but some of them are. So it's worth having a look at them, listening to them and finding one that really resonates with your heart and, um, and listen to it. You know, if you don't want anyone else to hear what you're listening to, you're a bit embarrassed, just put your headphones in and listen to it while, you know, you're doing the dishes, while you're, you know, beginning your day, while you're getting ready. It's a wonderful way to start the day, listening to something positive about yourself rather than the negativity that you always feed yourself all the time. So the first two steps to boosting your self-worth were positive affirmations and mindfulness. The third thing, which I have spoken about previously, is avoid comparison. Because if you're in this process of healing, if you're trying to heal from feeling bad and low about yourself, trying to boost your confidence, if you're in situations that trigger those negative emotions again before you've healed, you're setting yourself up for failure. So in the beginning, what I'd love for you to, to try and do in your life is to avoid social situations, people and social media accounts that make you feel bad about yourself. And these people and these social media accounts, I'm certain don't do on purpose, but it triggers something in you. It triggers your own insecurities. And before you know it, you're back in square one. You're back in that negative self-talk, which you're trying, you're trying so hard to get yourself out of that habit. So, um, you know, I follow um, Confessions of a Muslim Mum. You might know her, Syra. Many years ago, she spoke about how she was trying to get fit and she took the advice of a friend to follow loads of fitness-related uh, accounts on Instagram. And I do the same thing when I'm on a fitness fad. I follow uh, fitness 
accounts, right? So she did the same thing, but for her it wasn't helpful because she was being bombarded with images of people she could never be. And it affected her feeling of self-worth and self-confidence and made her feel like she shouldn't even start. You know, when you see all these images of, you know, tall, blonde, tanned women, it affected her in a way that was actually uh, against the, the outcome that she wanted. It affected her feeling of self-confidence. So go through your social media accounts and have a look. When you see that post from your cousin, when you see that post from this homeschooling account or from that fitness account, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel like you want to take on the world and that you feel great about yourself and you feel inspired? Or does it make you feel bad about yourself? If it is the latter, then you need to at least unfollow that person for a little while or mute their account or do something. And the same for social situations. There might be people in your life who unknowingly make you feel bad about yourself. And if that's the case, I, I think that it's okay to take a step back from that individual until you've healed. And then hopefully they'll understand and you'll be able to rekindle that friendship or rekindle whatever relationship you had with that other person. You don't have to completely cut people out, but you can take a step back, you know. The next fourth step, the fourth step to boosting your self-worth is to search for your strengths. There is nothing really that can boost your confidence like being good at something. We all have things that we're good at, whether we realize it right now or not. Make it, make a commitment to yourself to spend a little bit of time every day, every week, searching for that thing that you are great at. Because when you, when you do something you're good at, you feel awesome. You feel like a superhero. It could be something really small. It could be something like you make the best biryani, right? Do that. If you're great at cooking, cook more. Give yourself time to learn, to go on food blogs, to get more books, to do courses. When you find your strengths, do more of it and it will boost your confidence and it'll be so good for you during this process where you are healing. Walaikum salam, Nora. So the next, the, the next and the final thing, which honestly will, it will change your life. This, this fifth step is it, okay? This is the thing that will Take your confidence to the next level, but because it's so effective, it is the hardest. The fifth step to boosting your own self-worth and self-confidence is looking after your health. Oh, I can hear you all sighing on the other side of the screen because we all know that we should look after our health and our bodies and we all should do that. But it's so hard. I know. I know. But this is the thing. This looking after your health will skyrocket your confidence like nothing else because it will boost your energy. Okay. And energy is everything. Energy is everything. You will start to feel better. You will start to look better. You will start to be more positive. And then whatever situation life throws at you, you know that you, you can handle it because your health is primed. So I want you to, even if you're not ready for this now, even if you're not ready right now, bear this in mind for the future. But if you are ready now, I encourage you to take steps and action, okay? Look at your lifestyle. Look at your nutrition. Is your nutrition aligned with a healthy lifestyle? Do you put foods in your body 
that make you, like, give you vitality and life and energy? Or do you put stuff in your body that makes you sluggish and, and drains you? It might feel good for all of 10 seconds and then after that you feel terrible. Look at your nutrition. Are you getting enough sleep? Okay, I appreciate that. Some of you have very, very little children, um, may not be able to control this. And what I found for me personally is it's not necessarily the length of sleep that you get, but it's how much uninterrupted sleep. Like if I get four or five hours uninterrupted sleep, I'm good to go. I feel awesome. But if I'm, even if I get eight hours, but it's constantly broken up, I feel terrible. Now that's just me and everybody's body is different. Um, but yeah, I mean, my kids are older now and I still get woken up in the night. So, you know, you're not alone if you're getting woken up in the night. And I appreciate that it might be hard if you have babies. But you're looking at nutrition, you're looking at sleep. Exercise. Ugh. Oh, exercise. I'm sorry. But seriously, exercise will... I mean, when you do exercise and you, after you've finished, your body might ache, you might feel a bit um, stiff. But mentally, you are on another level, it makes you, it boosts your energy, it boosts your feel good feeling and feel good hormones and you feel amazing and it doesn't need to be complicated. Do you know how much exercise I do a day? And I've got a lot of energy. I do 10 minutes in the morning before we do our homeschool, 10 minutes, but I mean like I'm really going for it, like I'm sweating and I'm panting um, and I feel amazing. Like before I came on here, I did my 10 minutes it's become fun for me to do those 10 minutes. And then if I have, if I have, um, Deborah saying nutrition is her biggest issue. Yeah, we all have our own struggles. I'd say probably nutrition is my biggest issue as well. And then if I have time in the evening, what I do is something more nourishing, like, um, some stretching or, um, something more chilled out in the evening before I go to bed. And all I do for that is YouTube again. You're gonna love YouTube, right? Go on YouTube and have a look. And you know what, if you're watching this on the replay on YouTube, I'll put links underneath, or if you're watching this on my blog, I'll put links to some of the workouts that I love. And they're short, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And when it's only 10 minutes, you feel like, yeah, okay, it's only 10 minutes, I can do that. But if it's 30 minutes, it's like, oh, okay, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. But 10 minutes, you can do 10 minutes. Right, the next thing to do with your health is reducing stress. And obviously mindfulness and positive affirmations and looking after other aspects of your health will feed into that. Um, so look at ways that you can reduce stress in your life. That might even mean, you know, dealing with emotional stress. Like if you've had issues in your past, going to therapy, um, seeking guidance from counsellors and things like that, that will help reduce your stress and heal emotionally. And recently some of you will have seen that I've been using doTERRA essential oils. So that is another way that I have been looking after my health and, and supporting the health of my children, not just physically, but also emotional health as well. And before I came on here yesterday, I got in touch with my essential oils mentor dawn sabiha i know she's here now on instagram and she does have an account on instagram if you want to follow her and give us a wave dawn so everyone can see you so i asked her yesterday you know what essential oils are really good for supporting women who suffer from low self-esteem and low self-worth and she recommended a few things to me she said that wild orange is wonderful just to inhale wild orange is great um, to lift the mood 
She suggested peppermint as well. Uh, that's energizing. She suggested a blend called Motivate, which as well has the mints and the citruses blended in together. Uh, and these are all doTERRA oils. So there might be something equivalent if you use a different brand, um, but doTERRA oils are the best. Um, the next one she recommended was bergamot or bergamot. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but that again is a citrus oil. And that's another great one for um, if you do public speaking. So I might have to get some of that. Um, and she, what else did she suggest? Did I miss anything, Dawn? Please let me know if I've missed anything. But essential oils are incredible because all essential oils are, are extracts, oils, straight from plants. So from the bark or from the skin of a fruit or from the seed or from wherever it is, extracted and put in a bottle. There's nothing added. There's nothing, no concoctions going on. It's pure, especially when you're dealing with, um, when you're dealing with doTERRA, you know it's pure. It's pure. And so what's incredible about some of these essential oils is that they can cross the blood-brain barrier, okay? They can, when you inhale it, it can go straight to the brain and affect the emotion in your brain that you need it to, to impact on. Not all the essential oils do that. Frankincense, that's the one I forgot. So frankincense is my favorite oil. And that is one of the ones that crosses the blood-brain barrier. And I have that diffusing right now. Um, and that has a really grounding effect, a really grounding and healing effect on the emotions. So if you are interested in essential oils, you might want to look into doTERRA um, and the ways that it can boost and, and, and help with your health for you and your family. And I'd just like to point out, since I've been using doTERRA oils, my children have not had a cold. I mean, like all winter. We're already about to start January and they've not had a cold yet. SubhanAllah. There's something in them, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, the five, the five steps for increasing feelings of self-worth. Number one, mindfulness. Number two, change your story, change your self-talk. Number three, avoid comparison. Number four, search for your strengths. And number five, look after your health. And, you know, it's worth remembering that what you, the way you live and the way you treat yourself, you are modeling that belief to your children. You know, if you're a woman who doesn't take care of herself, if you're a woman who allows people to treat her badly, if you're a woman who stays in an abusive marriage, if you are a woman who does not pursue her passions, do not be surprised if you see the same thing in your children. They may well grow up to feel the same, because they learn from what they see, not from what they hear. We know that, don't we? We know that. So if you cannot find the motivation to do this for your own happiness, then do it for your children. And once you start, once you find that motivation, then you realize how amazing this is for yourself and you will continue. It won't be necessarily just for your children, it will be for you as well. So those are my five steps to increasing a sense of self-worth. So you don't say anymore, I'm just a mum. You say, I am a stay-at-home mum and it is the best thing that could ever have happened to me. Alhamdulillah. So I'm gonna have a little look through the questions now. I can see a load of comments coming on from both Facebook and Instagram, Alhamdulillah. So let's have a look first on Instagram. Just scrolling through. Okay. 
If you have any questions, feel free to pop them now in the comments. Um, and I, oh, I've switched over. Um, and then I'll try and get to them. I'm a dad, LOL. Okay, alhamdulillah, welcome. Right, right. Oh, I keep switching over. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think I need an assistant for these lives because I'm not very good at this. Welcome, salam, fruit to fruition. It's so nice that you're here. Mashallah, she's such a lovely sister. Welcome, salam, somebody here from France. That's awesome. Okay, still scrolling. There's a lot of people popped on. There's also, there's also Insight Timer app, which is great. Okay, that's brilliant. I've not heard of that. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Mindful breathing has been a huge help this year. Really, that's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible that a lot of you are finding that this resonates with you and that something in your life drew you to this talk today. It's incredible. Like, you know, everything aligned today and yesterday and all of your life so that at this very moment in time, you are here listening to me talk about this. And maybe that's because you needed to hear something that I said today. You know, there's a reason why Allah, the universe, whatever you believe in, brought you here to listen to this. Maybe there's something or maybe there's a lot that you need to take into account. And like the sister says, she's already started mindful breathing. And so maybe this talk today was just to remind her of this. Alhamdulillah. I'm getting a lot of supportive comments. Okay, brilliant. There's a book called How to Be a Mindful Muslim. Oh, really? Oh, that sounds brilliant. An Exercise in Islamic Meditation by Justin Parrott. Okay, Facebook, did you hear that? It's called um, A Mindful Muslim, An Exercise in Islamic Meditation, written by Justin Parrott. So we'll have to look into that, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. What exercise did you do? Okay, so in the morning when I said that I do hardcore exercise and I'm sweating, I'm panting, that kind of exercise, I just do abs. I do my ab work because my knees are healing at the moment, so I can't do anything that puts any pressure on my knees. So I work on upper body, and at the moment that's been abs, um, an ab work exercise. So I'll put that, if you watch on the replay on YouTube, I'll put the link to the video I watch. It's only 10 minutes, and I really go for it, and it's amazing. I love it. I really, really love it. Um, Franken says, yeah, thank you, Dawn. That's brilliant. Okay, so, oh, thank you. Somebody's written out all the five steps. Sabiri Asma, thank you very much. So number one, mindfulness. Two, change your talk. Three, stop comparing. Four, be healthy. Um, and five was, what was five, guys? Oh, be healthy, yeah? Five was be healthy. Four was search for your strengths. Yeah. Welcome, Salam. Somebody here from Morocco. That's brilliant. Um, welcome, Salam. What about frankincense in its real form on coal? Would it have the same effect? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine if it's pure, then it would. Now, my husband likes to burn the Arabic incense on coal. He loves doing that. But what we found is that some of it is not pure. And you can actually feel the air quality change when you burn stuff with synthetic fragrance and chemicals in compared to the pure stuff. Um, then... Uh, then you can feel the difference. So if it's pure, it's great. But it's worth pointing out that the the um, the frankincense in the DoTerra bottles. We've got we've got peppermint here. And um, the the frankincense in the DoTerra bottles is real. I mean, it's it's as real as you know it gets. But I know what you mean. You mean like the little the little stone, little block things, the little resin. Yeah, it's both real. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> 
Darren's friend, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. What made you decide to start homeschooling? How did you go about it? Okay, that's a super long question. It's a great question though. Thank you for asking it. Um, I started homeschooling, in short, because my eldest son was not coping well at nursery. And so we took him out when he was young. He had um, separation anxiety. Um, and I think being my first born child as well, I was very intense about those emotions as well. Um, and so we decided to take his name off the list for school. He actually had a place at school nearby. <clears throat> we decided to take him off that list um, because we felt that it would be too stressful for him and for us with his separation anxiety to put him in school. Um, and we started homeschooling. It wasn't planned. And subhanAllah, it's the best decision ever. Um, it's opened up a whole new world for me, for him. So alhamdulillah. So I think we're good there. I don't know about it's in Facebook here. How can I start homeschooling my five-year-old daughter? Okay, um, well, if she's ready for formal work, you can start by teaching the basics. Start by looking at literacy, maths, um, Islamic aspects of her life as well. And um, what I would recommend for you to do, if you're in the UK, is to find the national curriculum online. It's very easy to find. Just Google national curriculum and you'll find the PDF file and it will actually guide you through what children in school are doing and then you can work and create your own curriculum around it. I wouldn't at the age of five spend very much money at all on any kind of curriculum. I think you can either create your own curriculum at home or find most things for free online. Um, you might find though that your five-year-old is not ready for formal education yet, as many five-year-olds are not, um, in which case allow her to play and allow her to um, join in with your daily life and she will learn so much more from being a part of your life than she can from any book. Um, and, you know, take her to whatever classes you go to and um, allow her plenty of time to play outdoors and read books aloud to her if you can. Um, I'm getting a lot of positivity here on Facebook. Alhamdulillah. Somebody from New York. Asalaamu Alaikum, Leila. Nice to have you here. Okay, so lots of positivity. Um, but no, not any more questions. So brilliant. Okay, so I think that we're going to end there. Do I have any announcements to make? Okay, no. So all I want to say is next week, um, next week's talk is going to be, the title is Built to Last, Securing Your Homeschool for the Future. And that will be at the same time here. 10 o'clock in the morning, Greenwich Mean Time, here on Instagram and on Facebook. And as usual, everything will be uploaded onto YouTube later on. So I'm really, really uh, grateful for all of you. I appreciate all of you being here live. Um, I appreciate all of you who are now watching this on the replay. It's, uh, I feel very blessed to have you all here and to know you all. And something that I want to do for this coming year is to learn some of your names. <laughs> because I see the same people coming on, and unless their name is part of their Instagram or Facebook tag, I don't know your name. But I recognize you. I recognize the regulars here, and I appreciate you, and I, I do want to learn your names. So that's a plan, inshallah, for next year. Um, so yeah, and today's plan is, for me, is I've got a wedding to go to now. Um, in about an hour, so I really need to hurry and get myself ready for that, get my daughter ready. And uh, yeah, it's a friend of mine who I've known for more than a decade, so it's going to be quite an emotional day. I'm very, very happy for her. 
um, to see her getting married and, and, and move on to a new part of her life. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, we've got someone from Sri Lanka. Assalamu alaikum Aisha from Sri Lanka. So thank you so much for everyone who joined me. Again, I just want to let you know I appreciate you all. And I hope that I will see you next Sunday, 10 a.m. here on Instagram and Facebook Live to talk about built to last, securing your homeschool for the future. I'll see you soon. Assalamu alaikum.